Lost Man Standing, the podcast where we explore spirituality, ecology, and sex through the lens of the sacred masculine. God, podcasting is so weird. I've I've got to tell you, I am I'm sitting on my bed surrounded by my wife's pillows. I I have the microphone half propped up on some of my pillows and I'm holding it with my left hand to balance it from falling off because it's it's just dangling there. And I'm using my daughter's purple school headphones to monitor what's going on. In other words, this is an incredibly rinky-dink operation. Like, you will not find, you will not find me pretending to have this dialed. I had a really good friend who uh, was involved in high-level podcasting. I mean, we're talking high-level shit. And then, kind of out of nowhere, there was this celebrity onslaught of people who wanted to to podcast, and, and all these celebrities were getting into it. And my friend, who had been a podcaster for years, was like, he could not believe the production quality of these podcasts. He was like, this is awful. There's no theme music. There's, they're, they're using shit mics. They don't have good equipment or mixers. <laughs> if only he could see me now. <laughs> oh, man. You know what? I, I, um, I can't stand I, uh, that's too strong. I, I I get frustrated at the amount of hyper sincerity in the manosphere uh, with all of the the pro podcasts and the 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 bro pros. It just grates on my nerves a little. You know what I mean? A lot of these guys are just so fucking intense. It's like it's like they're the that guy strap into a bite of a slip gym. There's just no irony, you know. I don't. I don't know if you know what I mean. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not saying these are light issues. I mean, I don't take sex lightly. So, you know, let alone ecology or spirituality. The deal is though, we gotta have a little irreverence when we approach this shit, right? Some of these guys though, they're just really aggressive. And I don't even think that they notice it. I, I was scanning through an Instagram feed. A guy I really respect. I've gotten a lot out of him, actually. I just really cool stuff he's putting out there for men in general. Um, and I was looking through his Instagram feed, and right there at the very beginning pops up this, this uh picture of him standing in front of the Colosseum in Rome and and you gotta know he's in like this this silky blue shirt half open buttoned down to his navel you know just sporting these really beautiful abs and he's got his cool Bermudish shorts on and his loafers and he's standing there looking like a fucking million bucks and, and he posts and I shit you not this is the post 
modern day gladiator. Fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay, because we've come a long ways in 1700 years. Let me tell you, we've come a long fucking ways because back in the old days, they used to walk around with like one eye missing and half a half a arm holding like a a weird club with a a net in another hand and I, I mean these guys were wearing like full lion heads as masks I mean they, they rip off you know animals heads and they they put it on their own head as a as a helmet but 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 modern day gladiators wear, wear loafers so it's it's more of like a gladiator of the heart Gladiator of the heart. Oh, that just sounds good. Heart gladiator. Coming to you live. All right. That's enough talking shit for one day. Here's the thing. I'm going to be honest with you guys, though. Uh, that That's one thing I want you to know, that I'm not going to um, really mince words and and pretend I think there's just way too much pretending. I actually think this is one of the problems with with the pro bros um, is that they are really just substituting one kind of bad equation for another. Look, I don't think performance mindset uh, is actually going to get you what you want because at the end of the day, it runs out of steam because performance oddly enough, is not going to get you to transformation. And I think a lot of people, uh, I, I would say all of us, hunger for that sense of transformation. Literally, we need change. Uh, there are so many lives that are living in brokenness. I, I've been one of them, honestly. I've dealt with tremendous struggles such as addiction. Um, I certainly have have gone through divorce and remarriage. I've lost jobs. I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars before. I've had to declare bankruptcy. I've, I've blasted through careers. I've lost friendships. I've started communities and closed communities. I, I've been through a lot. And I don't say that as a, as a bit of a pedigree. But, but I'm saying like I get it. People go through shit and it's not pleasant. People need a life raft. Okay. We've got to have a way out. And I think sometimes it's really sexy to hear, well, you can just beat the shit out of life, bro. You know, bro, strap into a bite of a slip gym. God, my daughter's headphones are too small for my head. Anyway, the point is, I don't think that performance is necessarily going to get you what you want. Authenticity will, though. Authenticity is going to begin to transform your life. It's going to begin to work on the inside and develop out. I mean, think about this, right? You've got all of these folks, and, and we're all doing it. We're all posting these pictures on Instagram and social media, you know, like we're, we're lifting weights at the gym and doing some great crunching and doing some power lifting. And, and, you know, like right before we, we set up that great lift, we're like, Hey, 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 Bob, 
Um, it's great meeting you and all. Do you think you could um, hold my uh, hold my phone for me real quick and, and, and just take a quick shot right in the middle of uh, my breathing out? Just, you know, right as I get to that, that exertion point, just, you, you'll know when. You'll know when. I'll, I'll kind of give a big oof, right? And, and then we post that shit and we're like, get real, get raw. It's weird, man. It's weird. I, I think the thing is, like, as long as I can remember, I have heard that men are missing something. You know, I, I was 12 years old. I, I remember going to um, it was a it was a really big social movement among conservative Christians. My dad took me to called Promise Keepers. Maybe some of you out there know it. It was the last uh, event housed in its original location before it went nationwide. And I remember hearing the founder talk really inspiring. I think as a 12 year old, it was really compelling stuff. And it might even be today uh, about, you know, taking high responsibility for your life, about giving it your all, about, uh, being connected, um, to, to God, to others, um, certainly to your own sense of self, that was pretty empowering. But as long as I can remember, and certainly going back to that moment, I have been hearing these kind of rumblings about a crisis in the masculine. And it's funny because today, you know, everywhere I look, I, I, I see that men are being quarantined, they're being medicated, they're apologizing, they're escaping. You know, I see, I see men just really pretending right living as boys and video game culture i had a a guy come up to me a few days ago and said hey what'd you do for over the weekend and you know i i can never fucking remember what i did over the weekend i god i gotta work on that and uh, the other thing i gotta work on is people's names he came up to me and i was like hey jimmy because i have this theory that you know like a quarter of the u.s population males probably falls under the category of a, a James or a, a John or so I just consolidated to Jimmy and like I'm right a shocking amount of times it's weird so everybody's kind of Jimmy but anyway I'm like hey Jimmy and I get a pass on it uh, the truth is I couldn't remember his name I, I said hey Jimmy what'd you do I, I don't really remember what I did he goes oh man I I played I played Fortnite the whole weekend. It was so good. That's awesome, man. Way to go. Way to go. And I don't mean to denigrate that because the reality is, like, we're living as boys in video game world for a reason, right? Because the grown-up world is fucking scary as shit. Um, you know? And that's why I think boys pretend to be men in gang life. You certainly see that, uh, not necessarily in the Pacific Northwest, but but you see it. You see it in large urban centers for certain. And I think the reality is that there's an economics of despair. Men can't provide for or protect the ones they love. And, you know, I think some people would say, well, why the fuck is that important anyway? We live in a we live in a, a universal and uh, a, a global society in which the traditional gender roles no longer matter. And, and I get that. I really do buy that. I mean, I, I can understand where someone's coming from on that. And I think, like, my point on that 
is I, I think it's pretty fucking hard to unwind 1.5 million years of hominid evolution. You know, and certainly our particular genus, the Homo sapiens sapiens, you know, we've got 300,000 years in cruising of very specific wiring around males running a protection racket. It's pretty damn hardwired. And so you can load all the new software you want onto it. And I think it's great if that's what you want to do. I honestly think it's really, really difficult to, to make headway on that. I, I think that you're going to keep on coming back to that baseline over and over and over. The need to protect, the need to provide. That's a core baseline. And I'm not sure you should continue to challenge it over and over. Why not go with it? Sometimes it's okay, right? Like if every time you uh, you get hungry, you're like, fuck no, that's biology. I'm going to conquer that shit. Like we call that anorexia. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like uh, sometimes it's okay to go with your nature. On the other hand, sometimes you got to check it too. And so I think we live in that interesting tension. Um, but I certainly think that men are experiencing this sense where they they crave to provide and protect like that. That's not going away, but they can't, they can't, you know, I don't think the jobs are there. I certainly don't think the opportunities are there. A lot of the opportunities specifically in this country are going higher and higher into the creative classes, white collar, which I think is fantastic. On the other hand, I also think it's left a lot of people behind um, we've had to sell people the bill of goods that college education is the only way to achieve. And indeed, what we've done is saddle them with hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt, uh, tens of thousands if you're lucky. Between my wife and I, we actually have a small percentage of the national debt. I'm sure it's like 3%. You know, both have master's degrees from private institutions. Like, this isn't even funny. Come on. Right. Uh, and I think the promise of higher education is that it will one transform you two, uh, maybe even make you a better person, but three, get you a job and pay you better. And the reality is it doesn't deliver on any of those promises. None of them, none of them. It can't actually make good on its promises. And I think there's a tremendous crisis of higher education coming and you probably even feel it. Um, I think men are running into that wall over and over where they just don't know what to do. It's hard to stay in the classroom. It's hard to go back. You know, I had a friend, he's 54 years old. I met with him a couple of days ago. Uh, he's done really, really well in his history in real estate. To some extent, the real estate market sounds like it's changing. I ask him, you know, how it's going. It's not going well. And he's saying, well, what am I going to do next? I've got, you know, five to 10 years left before potentially retiring. I don't know what the fuck to do. I mean, that's a predicament. It's a predicament for men over 54. <laughs> it's a predicament. Men in their 20s, men in their 30s. We hit these life stages, these life crises, and we, honest to God, are out of our depth. So I, I see that. I also actually see like an absence of initiation into manhood. And I think this is something that men have been talking about, particularly in the West, for a while. This void of knowing how to practically become a man, right? 
And, and there are really precious few places where men can practice those ways of manhood. Well, what do I mean by that? I actually say this a lot, the ways of manhood. I'm going back to that, that idea of biological maleness. Now, I realize that this is controversial. You know, I, I have a, a science degree. Um, it's not that particularly controversial to me to say that there are gender differences. And these gender differences, they may be terribly unfair. And quite frankly, I think they are. I'm, I'm sorry, women. I, I feel bad that you're the ones who actually have to push a watermelon through that. Like, that is actually awful. You're the only ones who play, you know, incubator, uh, uh, you know, birth, and then, and then feeding tubes. I, this is just crazy. You guys have a shit job. I get it. Like, you bleed once a month. That sucks. That sucks. So, no doubt. I think you guys got the shit into the stick on that one. Uh, men, I, I don't know. We lucked out. But here's the deal. Like, there's a lot that goes on. There's a lot that goes on biologically at any given time. And I think particularly for men in the past 1.5 million years of hominid evolution, we see a few traits over and over emerge. I would say activeness. Men are keenly active, assertiveness, and aggression. Activeness, assertiveness, and aggression. And I would say these are uniquely male in the sense that they are emphasized in larger degree related to testosterone and reinforced socially. Men have many opportunities to experience these things. I, I've seen all these things in myself as well. You know, I don't think this is coming as a, as a, as a new uh, idea for many of us. Activeness, assertiveness, and aggression. So uh, I think we have to learn how to work with those biological tendencies. We have to learn how to harness those things and how to, to be energized by them rather than try and deny them. And again, going back to how we culturally address or culturally deal with those things, you know, today we address activeness with medication, right? You know, I had a, a coworker uh, who, who came to me and said, my two-year-old, uh, the daycare that he goes to just demanded that he go see a psychologist. And I said, well, why? And he said, because uh, he bit someone. And he can't stay still. I said, well, he's two fucking years old. Of course he bit someone. He's developing his verbal uh, skills. His language center is, is functioning. He hasn't quite caught up with his ability to externally process those words. He's frustrated. He's highly active. And he's told to sit all day. And he's removed from his parents for 10 hours. Of course, of course he's frustrated. So what, what's the, the preschool solution? Go get him diagnosed with ADHD and get him medicated. Uh, okay, diagnosed with being a boy. That's fan-fucking-tastic. Right? Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't to me. It doesn't to me. And I, I say that as someone who has spent quite a while in the psychotherapeutic community. You know, when I, I worked at a, a prestigious uh, intervention um, 
company where we would intervene. It was a nonprofit where we would intervene in young person's lives who were largely out of control. But I would say that at least 50% of the interventions were to medicate them. Now, this is this is a tragedy because we've seen the SSRIs are only slightly more effective than the placebo right? Just slightly more effective. Now, awkwardly, actually, placebo trials are going up in their potency. I have no clue how water pills are becoming more effective. I don't know. Maybe we're finding a way to trick our mind. But the point is we're over-medicating activeness. Well, what about uh, aggression, right? Well, I don't know about you, but I would say that the most aggressive specimens of men tend to end up behind bars. There is no place for them. There is no place for restless men. Men who show signs of aggression are not welcome in this society at all. And the same goes with assertiveness. Assertiveness in this society gets you labeled with the word asshole. Now, I know this is not just a, a male predicament. I've heard from my, my wife, a number of female friends and colleagues, you know, obviously assertiveness in women is also labeled with the word bitch. Right. I, I think assertiveness is a tremendous uh, difficulty for this culture. Culturally, we have become very, very meek. Oh, we don't want to step on people's toes. Oh, their toes, their, their wee little toes. They need to be protected and, and need, to, need to be held. Oh, so tender. Those toes, they're so tender. Totally. Okay. Wait, toes. Totally. Get it? See what I did there? I mean, the deal is culturally, it's really, really hard to, to practice assertiveness. We don't have those places. Now, here's the thing. I firmly believe that we need to discover what it means to live with authenticity and imagination and risk. And particularly as men, we need to recover that sense of assertiveness, of activeness and aggression. I think we need to discover how to tap into those places and how to live into our, our experience as men. And we need to overlap onto that. The traditional male virtues, which I would say are always a, a longstanding strength and courage and honor and mastery. These are things that are tremendously vital to overlap onto those elements of biological maleness that also exist, right? So, so, you know, the truth is I'm acknowledging, I don't have this figured out. I, I've actually seen more than I've actually experienced. And, and I know that there's a bit of tourism there. I have lived a lot of life. Certainly that, uh, you know, I've seen a lot. I was a founding member of a neo-monastic community. I lived there for uh, about a year, drew on the rich, uh, 10 years rather, drew on the uh, a rich tradition of the Abrahamic faiths, the mystics. I traveled to South America and Europe, learning from various spiritual practitioners. I, I have a master's degree in psychology and counseling, a bachelor's in human development. I was a clinical therapist, a spiritual director, a business owner. And here's the best credential of all. I have fucking failed. Have you ever thought of that as a credential in your life? So here's the thing, man. As as we begin to, to fine-tune what lost man standing is, 
It is for men who want to be authentic with their lives. And that includes failure. And a lot of men don't talk about failure. Or if they talk about failure, it's just at the bottom of the U on their way out to the top. Right? Just at the bottom. But they're really headed up. Here's the thing. Failure isn't just another pit stop. Failure, which implies a sense of pain and an experience of brokenness, is so crucial to transformation. Yesterday, I was talking with a a good friend of mine, and he was saying, but how do we transform? How do we change? And I looked at him, and I said, one word, pain. Pain wakes you up. That ice-cold shower in the morning is pain. <laughs> we have this uh, 12-foot pool in our backyard, and it is not heated. My second oldest son likes to say that it sits right around 73 degrees, which sounds warm, but I got to tell you, it feels ridiculously cold. And I protest it. I'm like, I am not going in that thing. I am not a water baby. But some days I just want to cool down. But but I won't go near it because I do not like to get wet. I do not like to be cold. And I told my kids that. I said, I am not going near that thing. I said, it just feels so cold. I'm not like you guys. You guys seem to love that. And my oldest son, he's 13 years old, he looked at me and said, well, nobody likes to get cold, Dad. Nobody likes that. It always sucks in the beginning. But you get used to it. Right? That is in part what it means to begin to work with your pain. It means to actually take the deep dive and experience that pain. And as you begin to get used to it, as you begin to get oriented to it, you acclimate and you begin to work with it. And what happens is that in that process, there is a transformation. There is an experience that occurs. Now, some people, they want to band-aid it up. They want to fix shit in life, right? But that's not our goal. Our goal is not to quickly patch things up or put a small band-aid on. Our goal is actually to keep the wound open, to keep that, that, that sense of pain clear and ringing. Why? Are we masochists? Is that what's going on here? No, we want to stay awake. We want to stay awake. G.I. Gurdjieff often talked about exercising and exercises and self-remembrance, right? Do you remember what self-remembrance? Self-remembrance is all about noticing yourself at any given time, right? So he suggested that you do lots of different things to remember yourself. Like on one day, why don't, why don't if you wear a watch on your left arm, wear it on the right arm the next day. See what happens. I can tell you what happens to me. I fucking get irritated as hell. I wear a ring on my my right uh, wedding ring finger, my my right hand. I wear it, though, on that ring finger. And I got to tell you, it feels so freaking weird when I change fingers. It's like the strength goes out from that. Right? Why? Because I'm used to it. My body has gotten used to it. And there's a discomfort when I challenge that habitual pattern. That's, that's called self-remembrance. That creates a condition for me to see myself 
that discomfort. And I'm going to call it pain, that sense of pain. Well, why do I need to tap into that? Experience your pain in the here and now so that you don't have to learn through unnecessary suffering, right? Too often we, we don't learn from our pain. And so we end up experiencing unnecessary suffering. All right. So that's my rant. Um, we're going to continue to talk about a lot of these things, uh, have some friends on, have some conversations with men, and really explore what it means to be a man recovering in this culture, recovering from life itself, recovering towards a sense of passion and mission. I hope that you'll take a trip with me. I hope that it'll be enjoyable to you. I sure know it will be to me. Thanks so much. Talk to you later. Bye. Maybe you could tell me what you think is going on. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. But you feel it. You felt it your entire life. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place. And I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. This life's hard, man, but it's harder if you're stupid. I've been around, you know. There was a time I could see. And I have seen, but there is nothing like the sight of an amputated spirit. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Today, woo, I've got the style and profile like never before. To be the man, you got to beat the man. And I'm saying, woo! Right here, I'm the man.